Hallelujah, it's time for the word. Let's go to, uh, we're going to start with the book of Isaiah chapter 60. And I'm actually going to read five verses to start out with this morning. Five different passages, and you'll see it all fits together, amen, this morning. Uh, but we're going to start out with Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, and we'll start reading verses 1 through 3, and then we'll go to a couple more, like I said. Uh, and so, so, so just follow along. Write these down because you're going to want to keep these close to your heart. Of course, if you don't catch them as we're going, you can go back and review the broadcast. It'll be on the podcast and uh, uh, later on today. But you want to catch on, excuse me, tomorrow. But you want to catch on to these scriptures. You want to keep these close to your heart. So we're starting with Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. And I'm reading this one from the uh, the. CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth, and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you, and his glory will appear over you. Verse 3, nations will come to your light, and kings to your shining brightness. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms now, chapter 102, verse 13. Psalms 102, verse 13. I'm reading out of the New King James Version on this one. It says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time, the time that God designated has come. I'm going to read it again. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Come, let's go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 10. Exodus chapter 34, verse 10, CSB version, it says, And the Lord responded, Look, I am making a covenant. I will perform wonders in the presence of all your people that have never been done in the whole earth or in any nation. All the people you live among will see the Lord's work for what I am doing with you is awe-inspiring. Glory to God. Two more passages here. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Your translation may say, sanctify yourselves. Because the Lord will do wonders among you tomorrow. Then he said to the priest, carry the Ark of the Covenant and go on ahead of the people. So they carried the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of them. One more verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 15 out of the CSB. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, it reads, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent. And believe the good news. I'm going to read that one again. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Amen. Bear with me a little bit here today. We're going to talk about the shift. We're going to talk about the shift. Holy Spirit, this is your word. Speak to us. Make it plain. Help us to understand what God is doing in the heavens and what's going on in the earth. You said that, or Jesus told us that you would be the one to lead us and guide us into all truth. You would tell us things to come. So speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On Wednesday, if you were on the intercessory prayer uh, call this past Wednesday, the Lord gave us a word. 
and he began to talk about a shift. And I want to kind of detail that this morning to, to get it a little bit more into what the Lord is saying about this shift that's taking place in the earth right now. Amen. There is a shift. A shift by definition means to transfer from one place to another. Okay. Um, it, it can also mean to transfer or shift from one position to another. It can also mean to transfer from one person to another. It's a shift. There's a change. Amen. You were in one place and now you've shifted. You're in a different place. Amen. God is saying the church has shifted. Amen. He's saying, I'm saying the church has shifted. Amen. It's, it's kind of like, a, and this is kind of the picture he gave me. It's like a lightning bolt that comes down and something happens immediately. We see it immediately, but then the effects of it kind of can carry on. And then we hear the thunder. We see the lightning. That was the shift. And now we're going to begin to see the effects of the shift that has taken place in the heavenlies. Amen. The other uh, definition of a shift is the time when work transfers from one person to another. If you uh, have worked any time in the hospital or you've been on a certain shift, you come in maybe 11 to 7 and then there's another shift that starts from 7 to 11. Amen. There's a, there's a shift. There's a time when you're working and then a time when it's time to stop working and turn it over to someone else. And the, and the Lord spoke to us on, on Wednesday and said the devil's shift in this season has ended. His shift in 2020, glory to God, his shift in 2020 has ended. Amen. Now, again, understand there's the lightning and then there's effects that follow. Amen. So he is saying that he is off. He has put the devil off work. He is out of a job. Glory to God. Amen. And the, and the shift has taken place. Now, we're going to begin to see the effects of the shift. Now, if you know, if you've ever worked at a job where some people, they get off work and they don't want to leave. Amen. There's some people that don't want to that they don't want to leave work. Their, their, their shift is done, but they want to hang out. They want to just be around and stuff like that. And you have to make him go home. Amen. We're gonna have to make the devil go home. We're gonna have to push him on out the way because the shift is done, which means God has glory to God. God has repealed his authority. Hallelujah. He's repealed his authority. Amen. But we are going to be the ones like I talked about earlier with the breakthrough that God has broken through to the enemy with your hand, that we are going to have to be the ones to push him out. He doesn't want to leave, but it's all right. His authority has ended. Amen. Hallelujah. Corona has shifted our lives. It shifted us. No one could have imagined all the shifts that have taken place, how much different things are now than they were in February. No one could have imagined it was going to be like this. Amen. Corona grabbed a hold of our world and life right now is completely different than it was before. Now imagine if Corona could do that. Now imagine God doing something bigger. Not just bigger, exceedingly, abundantly bigger in the earth than the way that Corona affected us. Can you see that? God is doing something. As he spoke to us earlier, he said a change will come if you pray. He is moving. He is creating a shift in the world. Amen. And he told us, and I'm going to just kind of give this to you up front, and then we'll go back and hit it in a little bit. He told us that there was going to be a shift in four different areas. Okay. One was power. There is a shift in power. The second one was favor. 
There was a shift in the favor of God. Number three was a shift in health. Hallelujah. That he is shifting us in our health. And then the fourth one was wealth. That there is a shift in wealth to the body of Christ. Amen. This is what he said. Uh, and I'm just declaring the decree. I'm, I'm delivering the mail. Amen. One of the things that we have to understand. Anytime God is doing something. He's not just, watch this, he's not just sending something, he's coming down and doing something. He is moving by his Holy Spirit in the earth to cause shifts in all of these different areas, amen? And you have to understand when the presence of God begins to manifest, when the Holy Spirit begins to be more intense in a place, I'll say it like that, uh, when he begins to move in a place, it is essential that we watch how we carry ourselves, that we consecrate ourselves, that we sanctify ourselves so that we can be a part of the move of God, so we can stand in his presence. Amen. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua was getting ready. They were getting ready to cross over into the promised land with the people. Amen. And he had received instruction from the Lord. Hey, this is how we're going to go. This is how it's going to happen. And he, he sent the officers, the Bible says, through the camp. And he told them uh, to get themselves ready, prepare, sanctify yourselves. And then Joshua comes along in Joshua 3, chapter, uh, third chapter, verse 5. And Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves because, watch this, the Lord will do wonders among you. That means that God is going to come down and he's going to begin to move and do things in your midst. Hallelujah. We have to understand anytime there's a move of God, we talk about revival. Whenever there's a move of God, it's not man-made. It's not man-orchestrated. Amen. It's God coming down and doing the work. And when God comes down and you are able to be in his presence, you can be around his presence, you don't want to be there with sin or unrighteousness or anything in your life that is not pleasing to God. Amen. This isn't, I'm not trying to, to be doomy and gloomy, but you have to understand God is holy. And when he is moving, we have to be prepared. That's why Joshua told the people, look, God is coming. He is going to do a great work among you. Be ready. Be ready for him. Be ready for him coming. Sanctify, consecrate yourselves. Get yourself right so you can stand in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Anytime there's a move of God, there is a requirement for God's people to repent, be consecrated, and be dedicated. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit is coming in power, and we're required to fall in line behind him. Amen. Let's look at Psalms chapter 24. Psalms chapter 24, verse 3. Let's start there. Psalms 24, verse 3. Amen. Uh, it says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. This person, this one, verse 5, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek after your face. He said, if we're going to ascend to the hill of the Lord, we got to have clean hands and a pure heart. Those are the ones that get in. It is the grace of God. It is the grace of God that he allows himself to stay at a distance when we have dirty hands and a jacked up heart. 
Why? Because if he comes near, he will consume us. This was what happened with the children of Israel in Exodus after Moses was on the mountain receiving the tablets of instruction, the Ten Commandments and the, the law of God. He, he comes down and he hears noise in the camp. He says, go down. The, your people have corrupted themselves. They made a golden camp and he goes down there and sees what they've done, breaks the tablets. Amen. He's angry and he sees what's going on. They made this camp and said, look, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. And God was like, I'm not going to stand for it. So then, of course, the, Moses confronts the people. They repent. Moses intercedes for the people, right? And he goes back to the Lord. And the Lord says in Exodus 33, he says, look, go ahead, take the people to the promised land. Take them to the land flowing with milk and honey. I'll drive out all the inhabitants. I'll do everything I promised I would do, but I'm not going. Because this is a stiff-necked people, and if I go along, I'll end up consuming them on the way. Now, Moses made a decision at that point, and he said, look, God, if you're not going with us, then we don't want to go because his presence was more valuable than the promises. Amen. And, and when God is moving, we have to get to a place where his presence is more valuable to us than the promises. Now, watch what happens when Moses repents, when he intercedes for the people. This is what God says. Go to Exodus 34. This was a part of that. God said, he asked, he said, show me your glory. The Lord agreed to come down and proclaim his name. And then Moses said, let's go to Exodus 34, verse 8. Moses immediately, as God came through and proclaimed his name, he forgave their sins. He proclaimed his name to Moses. And he said, Moses immediately knelt low on the ground and worshiped. Then he said, my Lord, if I have indeed found favor with you, my Lord, please go with us, even though this is a stiff-necked people. Forgive our iniquity and our sin and accept us as your own possession. He repented. He put himself in a place of repentance. Now watch this. I'm going to keep going in the scripture here in a second, but watch this right here. He put himself in a place of repentance even though he was on the mountain with God. He wasn't in the valley that did the sin. Right? He was on the mountain with God. The people corrupted themselves, but he saw himself as one of the people, as a part of the people. God, let me intercede for what's going on in our nation. See, family, we've got too many of us that are saying, well, I don't need to repent for what's happening in the world. I don't need to repent for what's going on. I don't need to repent for this racism stuff. I don't need, that's not what I'm, that's not a part of me. That's not how I feel. I don't need to repent for the violence and the, and the riots and things that are going on. Family, we are a part of this. We're a part of this. And what we have to do is be like Moses and humble ourselves and pray and ask the Lord to forgive us. Somebody say us. Forgive us. For what we've done for our part in what's going on in the world. God, forgive us. Now look at verse 10. After he repented, then the Lord says, glory to God. Then the Lord responded, look, I'm making a covenant. Why? Because you repented. Because you, you, you decided you want to be holy. God, I was so, because you want to be holy, you want to be righteous. Now I can move. Family, we've tied God's hands. We've tied his hands holding on to sin. We've tied our hands holding on to our four and no more and the things that are going on in the world. That's not us. That's them. And we've tied God's hands. He says, if my people 
who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. We're waiting for other people to repent. Family, it starts with us. We're the ones that know God. We're the ones that know him. We're the ones that know that he is a loving God and will forgive. But he's also a jealous God and will judge. We're the one that knows him. We're the ones that can be like Moses and intercede because we have a relationship with him. And when we do that, then he says in verse 10, look, I am making a covenant. I will perform wonders in the presence of all your people that have never been done in the whole earth or in any nation. And all the people you live among will see the Lord's work for what I am doing with you is all inspiring. A move of God is always tied to repentance and to prayer. Family, we have to get ready for a move of God by repenting, by being in a place of brokenness. For the things that are going on within us and the things that are going on around us. It's a part of what's happening in our world and we're the ones that have the ability to intercede. We've got to stand in the gap. We've got to stand in the gap. Now let me cover this while I'm on it. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. It says this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him, excuse me, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. I'm going to read that verse again. Verse six, if we have, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. Holiness is still right. It's still the way that God wants us to connect with him. We can't act like we don't have sin in our lives. And just keep on going with life and act like there's nothing going on. We're lying and not practicing the truth. Verse seven, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, but if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So again, repentance is necessary because we have things that are going on in our own hearts and own lives. We don't even realize. We don't even realize what's happening, let alone the stuff that we know we're doing. Okay? And again, God is saying, look, repent so that. Repent so that I can move. Repent so that I can pour out my spirit like you've never seen before. Repent so I can move in your heart, in your home, in your family. Repent so I can do the things that I have purposed and longed to do in your life. Amen. Family, this is not the time to be arrogant. This is not the time to be prideful. This is not the time to be overcome with shame. As we're seeking after the Lord, this is not the time to make excuses. This isn't the time to try to justify our sin. This isn't the time to wait till tomorrow to get it right. This is the time to get our hearts right with God. He is giving us space because he is moving and he doesn't want to come down and move and we not be a part of it. 
Family, when you look back at, at, at the great revivals that have happened in the earth, the things when, when God has poured out his spirit on cities and nations, there was always a people. Now watch this. There was always a people who responded to the move of God. But at the same time, there was a people who spoke against it. There was a people who remained untouched by what God was doing. And it was because they refused to repent. They didn't believe what God was up to. They didn't repent of their sins. And the Lord passed them by. Family, you don't want to get passed by. You don't want God to pass you by. And family, it's the little foxes. It's the little things. It's the sin and the weight, the pet sins, the things we hold on to, the hatred, the bigotry, the racism, division, discord, all of these things. It all has to go. It all has to go. Amen. We need to we need to be praying Psalms 139. Let's look at that. Psalms 139 verse 23 and 24 needs to be our prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Amen. This has to be our prayer. This has to be our prayer. God, search me. Get in that closet, God, and find out what's in it and clean it out. I give you access. I give you the title deed, God. Whatever you've got to do, I want to be righteous. I want to be holy. And I don't want to miss this move of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And again, this is one of those, look, repent. There's a repent or else. But this is a repent so that, repent so that Isaiah chapter 60 can come to pass. Let's look at that. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. Repent so that I can declare, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. He says, I'm here. I'm here. I want to shine in your life. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I'm shining on the church. This is what the Lord is saying. I'm coming and I'm shining on the church. It is time. This is going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be a golden age of the church. It's going to be a golden age of the church like we've never like we've never seen before. God is ready. Hallelujah. We've got to be ready. He's ready. He says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. Now look at verse two. He says, for look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness, the peoples. But the Lord will shine over you. Family, I need you to hear. I need you to hear what the Lord is saying right here. As he is declaring that his light is shining on the church, we're going to see an increase of darkness in the world. I need you to hear what I'm saying. As he is declaring this shining brightness coming on the church, there is going to be an increase of darkness in the world. Light shines best in darkness. So as he's illuminating us, the enemy is trying to snuff it out. But God's light, light drives out darkness. And look what he says. He says the darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the peoples. But the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. God has to allow the darkness so your brightness, your light can shine much brighter. Now watch what happens. Go to verse 3. Look at what happens. Now, nations, the same nations that were covered in darkness, the same nations that were covered in darkness, 
Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. The powers that be are going to see the light that is on the church and many of them will turn. Many of them will be saved. Many people will come to the brightness of your light, the light of the gospel, the light of the Holy Spirit that is shining in your life. People will be turned to you and you will turn them to Jesus Christ. This is what he's doing. And he said there's four areas. There's four areas that he is making a shift in. Four areas. The first one we said is power. Amen. The first one is power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 reminded us. It says, but you shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember, we talked about this when we were dealing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that there was a, a time when the Holy Spirit was with them a time that he was in them, and then a time when he would overflow them, right? There was a with, a next to, para, there was an in, en, inside, dwelling, but then there was an epi, which is an overflow. We're talking about the Holy Spirit is beginning ready to overflow the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Like the day of Pentecost, he came and he overflowed and there were signs and wonders and things following to show the validity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is getting ready to do that. He is overflowing the church. And he says as a byproduct of him overflowing, we will receive power. Hallelujah. We will receive power to be witnesses. Hallelujah. Listen, that word witnesses, you've heard me say this before. That word witnesses there in that verse in, in, in Acts 1.8 means martyrs. It means martis is the, is the literal definition in the Greek. It means to be a martyr, to be able to die for a cause. Listen to what I'm saying. The, the issues, hallelujah, I'm speaking to somebody right now. The issues that you've had, the things that you've struggled with, the things that you've been trying to get away from, God, I, I can't handle this. I'm still struggling in this area. I'm telling you, when the power of the Holy Spirit hits your heart, hallelujah, it's going to drive out all this stuff. You're going to receive the power. You know, when I know we're talking about, we talk about power to, to heal and to do miracles and great exploits because the Bible says the people that know their God shall be strong and do mighty works, mighty exploits. Amen. That's a part of it. But the main part of it is being having the power to be a witness so your life looks like your testimony. So your life looks like your, your confession. Amen. So everything lines up. So now you don't have this struggle in this secret area. God is cleaning out closets. You, you have this. You don't have to be bound by this struggle in your life. No, God says, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to move that out of the way so you can do what I called you and planned for you to do in your life. I, I'm moving it all out the way. So that's the first thing. The power is going to hit us first. Hallelujah. It's going to hit us first. We'll drive out everything not like God. It's going to clean us up first. Then we'll be, have the power to be able to move and heal, move and deliver, move and speak words, God, and they come to pass. I'm telling you, this is what God is up to. But we've got to be ready. We have to cry out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have to cry out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, we can cry out for power. We can ask God, send your power. He's sending his spirit. And the power comes with him. Amen. Cry out for the Spirit of God. Cry out for the Holy Spirit. Amen. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit like the world has never seen before. Luke chapter 11 verse 13 tells us this way. He says, if then you who are evil 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? It's a, it's a thing of asking. Don't let the enemy convince you that God won't do it or that you're wasting your time. Amen. He knows the enemy knows who's coming to dinner. He knows who's getting ready to show up and he's afraid. So he will do everything he can to try to convince you not to cry out for the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a bunch of hogwash. That's not really happening. God is no longer healing. He's not doing that. That is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. Because why? It's happening. It's happening in various places. It's happening all over. Amen. God is healing. Miracles are taking place right now. And God is saying, I'm already doing it. I want you to be a part of it. I've called you for this moment. I've chosen you for this moment. Amen. I chose you. It's not based on your Christian resume and what you've done and haven't done. I chose you to be a part of it. Hallelujah. So just receive the choosing and be a part of what God is doing. Amen. It's the power has come. The power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is getting ready to break out widespread. And you talk about a change with Corona. You watch and wait and see what the power of God does when it hits this country. What the power of God does when it hits the world. Amen. I'm asking God, just like we saw those numbers, just like we saw those numbers with Corona as they began to spike, I'm asking God, do the same with salvation. Let us see the numbers of salvations rise. People being committed to God. Let us see them rise. People being released from bondages and demonic oppression and sickness and disease. Let us see those numbers skyrocket just like it did for Corona. God, I want to see it. How many of you want to see it? I want to see it. Hallelujah. God says it's possible. Yeah. He says it's possible. He can do this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's why we're going to see the, the power on display. But we're also going to see the favor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Go to Psalms chapter 102, verse 13. Psalms chapter 102, verse 13. We're going to see the, the favor of God. He says, you will arise. God, you will arise and have mercy on Zion, your church. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. You got to understand something about this term, the set time. The set time means that God already had it in his mind to do for you. It's not something you have to convince him of. It's not something you have to trick him into. He says, no, there's a set time for my favor. It's like walking into a store and the doors are closed. When you get to a certain point, you step on the or you cross the little sensor and the doors begin to open. God said there is a set time for my favor to be up on the church. And that time is now. That time is here. Amen. Hallelujah. God, God is moving in favor. Let's look at another scripture here. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. This is the key right here. This is something we have to realize how this favor works. Look, it says a person's gift opens doors for him and brings him before the grain. Some of another translation says it might sound more familiar. It says your gift will make room for you. And bring you before the presence of great men. Hallelujah. Amen. God is opening the eyes of people that need to see you. People that need to see the gifts that are in you. People need to see what God has put in you to help you to get you to where God wants you to be. God is opening the eyes of people that need to see you. Now, here's the catch. Here's the catch. You got to use your gift. You have to use it. What God has put in you, you need to get it working. You need to get it working. It's time to get it working. Amen. He can't favor you if you're not doing anything. 
He can't cause you to come before the presence of great men if you're not using your gifts. Why? Because it's your gift that makes room for you. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about promotion. I'm talking about acceleration in careers, new businesses, grants for nonprofits. Amen. Divine favor on his church. But you got to use what you got. You got to use what he gave you. Amen. There's a shift that's coming in your direction. Hallelujah. But you got to be used of God. You got to be actively moving and doing the thing that God taught you how, told you how to do. He told you what you needed to do. You may not know. I got to stop there right there. You may not know how to do everything he's calling you to do. You might, it might not all make sense to you. That's okay. Just get started. Just get started. He will lead you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Just get started. Just get started. Do what God has placed in your heart. Amen. And he'll cause things to line up for you. But I don't have the money. That's why the favor of God is so crucial. Just get started. God will bring people into your path with the resources that you need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said the time to favor the church is now. It's at hand. It is here. Hallelujah. And then he said also that we would see a shift in health. In our health. Amen. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 8. This, this kind of alludes to, as far as the context, talks about fasting. Amen. And of course, that's a part of our lifestyle. Amen. So we qualify I mean, as a part of our lifestyle and fasting. But he says, this is what happens. He says, look at verse eight. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing right, right here. Here it is. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Somebody say that my healing is springing forth speedily. Amen. That means that there is an acceleration to your healing, that, that God is, is causing healing to abound to you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Family, listen. He says, it is my will that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. We have to come to an expectation. We have to shift as God is shifting in our towards our health. He's shifting health towards us. We have to shift in our thinking. Two areas. One, we have to make healthy choices. Amen. We have to make healthy decisions. Listen, I'm going to be a little transparent right here. Amen. There is a history of high cholesterol in my family. There's a history of it. Okay. And guess what? They put me on cholesterol medicine. I know I'm putting my business out there. It's okay. They put me on cholesterol medicine. Guess what? I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it because I'm expecting God to heal me and do some great things. Amen. And guess what? I went and checked my numbers and it's still high. Guess what I have to do? I have to take the medicine. I have to trust God that he will work through and bring forth my healing speedily. I can't speed myself to a heart attack. I have to make healthier choices. Amen. And God is saying, as I move to you, as I move to you, you need to be moving towards me. Amen. We have, we're going to see help. I can't work against what God wants to do and expect it to work in my favor. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We have to make some healthier choices. We have to do some things different. Amen. And I'm praying that God will release me from having to take medicine. I'm praying and believing God he can do that. Amen. But guess what? It's still a part of what he wants to do. Amen. And I believe that's not the only area. That's, that's one side of it. It's one side, but also believe that chronic diseases and illnesses, things that have had us bound. Some of you are taking medicine and it's not working. Some of you are taking this, the, the prescriptions, you're following the recommendations of the doctors and it's not working. That gives God a special place to work in your life. 
Amen. That I'm, I'm believing God that he is going to begin to heal chronic conditions. That we will be in church, we'll be online, we'll be in services, and people will begin to be healed. Amen. People will begin to be healed. I'm declaring death. Deaf ears are opening, amen, blinded eyes opening, the lame will walk, amen, the mute will speak in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring, cartilages will be restored, amen, God is doing creative miracles, he's doing restorative miracles, amen, in and through the body of Christ, we have to change one, our expectation, watch this, to receive healing, but we also have to change our expectation to be a conduit of healing. I need you to hear me. When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. You've got to believe that. And you've got to stop, stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your abilities. You can't heal anyone. Let me just help you right there. You can't heal anyone. It's got to be God. And a lot of times what he's doing in a lot of places, I'm reading a lot of reports about healing and things taking place over the earth. Guess what's happening? People are in church. There's no prayer line. People are in church. There's no healing service or anything. God is just healing people. They're coming up and testifying that things are leaving their bodies, that tumors are shrinking, that people are being healed, amen, that bones are coming back together just because of the presence of God, amen. He is shifting. When it's a God thing, it's a God thing. But at the same time, he says, listen, I'm doing that so you can know it's me doing it, but don't be afraid to lay hands because it's still me doing it. You just have to have the right mindset that, guess what? It's still God doing it. I'm just a vessel. Amen. I'm just a vessel. But healing has to become your expectation when you pray. Healing has to become your expectation. Why? Because the shift has happened. Amen. The shift has happened. I'm talking about impossible things. Impossible things. Amen. Tumors, cancer, paralysis. Amen. Degenerative conditions being reversed. Amen. Creative miracles, restorative miracles will be done so people can accept Jesus Christ as Savior, so they can see the reality of the God of the Bible. Amen. And, and we have to keep that as our focus, because if we get off focus and make it about ourselves, guess what? We cut the power. We cut the power. We have to keep it all about him. Amen. The last area he said that is shifting is wealth. Is wealth. Amen. Now, to some Wealth can be one of those buzzwords that uh, that's a turnoff. It, it, it's like it, it, it makes some people cringe because of how the church historically has done wealth. I mean, there's a lot of people who talk about prosperity gospel, this and that. And it just it's just it, it's irritating to their spirit because of how it's been done. But that's not God. God, God talks about wealth all throughout the Bible. He talks about wealth all throughout the Bible. Amen. But why? Because it's a thing. It's a thing. Now, I'm not saying that every person is going to have a yacht and have a mansion. That's the world's vision of wealth. That's the world's definition of wealth. But he said in Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, you shall remember, and this is the heart we have to have when it comes to money. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. He's using wealth to establish and to confirm a covenant with you. Hallelujah. God, and this is how he, this is how he told me. He said, God is releasing his all-sufficiency. Ah, hallelujah. He is releasing his all-sufficiency. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's get a picture of what that is. He is releasing his all-sufficiency. And he took me to the scripture. It says, but this I say, who, he who sows it has got to set the context here. 
He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, again, this isn't just about finances right here. I'm going to keep going a second. This isn't just about finances right here. This is about the heart. People reap uh, sparingly because of their heart. People reap, uh, so, excuse me, so bountifully because of their heart. Let me say it again. Make sure I'm saying it right. People sow sparingly because they have a stingy heart. People sow bountifully because they have a generous heart. So it's not just about the finances that you sow with. It's the heart that you sow with. Okay, what he's getting to. Okay, so he's setting this up talking about the heart of mankind. How is our heart as it relates to God and our money? What does our heart look like? And if our hearts are right, then we give. Okay, now look, it says verse 7. Again, he's still talking about the heart. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For why? For God loves a cheerful giver. Now here it is. When your heart is set right before God as it relates to your money. Amen. When money doesn't have your heart, when God has your heart, look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God is saying he is causing his all sufficient grace to abound toward you. Let's look at this verse in another uh, uh, translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Let's look at it in the New Living Translation. Look at it in the New Living Translation. Look at what it says. It says, and God will generously provide all you need. Watch this right here. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's wealth. You'll have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This is what he's talking about. God causes his all-sufficiency to abound toward you so you have enough for you and plenty left over to give to other people. Amen. There is a shifting taking place in the body of Christ for those people who have their hearts. They have, I'll just say it this way. They have giving hearts. That you can be a conduit of blessing. That when God gives you something, that you don't just consume it upon your own lust, but you're always thinking. Come on, there's somebody right here. You're always thinking about somebody else. Every time you get something in your hand, you're always thinking about how you can bless somebody, how you can take care of somebody. And there have been times, there have been times when you've wanted to give and you couldn't because you had needs. You had things that you needed and you saw something you wanted to do and you couldn't do it. That Those days are over. Hallelujah. Those days are over. You're going to have more than enough to meet your needs and plenty left, plenty left over, he said. Plenty left over to give to somebody else. There's a shift that's taking place. Amen. So in closing, listen, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Look at this. The time is fulfilled. Family, the shift has taken place. Amen. We see the lightning. We're going to begin to see the ripples of thunder and the after effects of what God is doing. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom, watch this, has passed it. The kingdom of God has come near. It's happening. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe what God is doing. I'm going to tell you again. God says, I'm going to do wonders among you. I'm going to do wonders. He says, 
I'm going to do wonders among you. I am coming. I am going to be walking among you. Be holy. I am coming. I'm going to be moving in or in and around you. Be holy. Be righteous. Be sanctified. Be ready for my presence. Amen. I'm asking God that Bethany Worship Center would be a place that can host the presence of God. That we would be a people that can host the presence of God, which means that we're sensitive to him. We hear his voice. We follow him and that he can continually work through us and do great exploits through the people in this church. And I, family, I'm telling you, God has selected us. I, it's nothing we could have qualified for. Hallelujah. It's nothing we could have signed up for. God has chosen this ministry to be a part of what he's doing. And we've got to honor the, 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 the call. We've got to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. If he's calling us to it, we've got to be about it. We've got to be about holiness. We've got to be about righteousness. We have to have a, a heart that's quick to repent. That a heart that loves people. That wants to see people saved. That want to see the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That want to see nations and, and neighborhoods come back to Jesus Christ. Family, that's, that's, that's what he's calling us to do. That's what he's calling us to be. We've got to have a heart for it. And if that's you today and you say, God, this is what I want, then praise God. Praise God and begin to cry out and ask him to, God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit like never before. But you may be one that says, you know, Pastor, I don't really feel that burden in my heart. I, I want to, but I really don't. I'm going to pray today that God would set us on fire. That he would set us on fire. Amen. That there would be an insatiable, unquenchable desire for the presence of God, for the Holy Spirit to show up, for mass repentance and revival to come, for people's lives to be changed and transformed, that people would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. I'm going to pray that God would set that as a burden, a burning desire in our heart. Amen. That we could be his instruments in this earth. Come on, pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We're grateful, Father, for what you're doing in this time. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, because you said, Arise, shine, that light has come.